0: by the Saints for a touchdown. he your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60 to practice. To the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff nowak <laughs> baby! Welcome into Inside Black and Gold. Your week. 18 edition, the final stretch of the Saints season in the black and gold, going for a fourth straight victory. I know we saw this completely coming at the end of the year, right, Jeff?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) frustrating because it's like when I talked about like, oh, what if if the Saints finish 4-0, there's a chance they make the playoffs. And no one said... Oh, no, the Saints are going to finish four and zero and not make it. They were like, there's no way the Saints are going to finish four. That was definitely me telling you, what are you
0: crazy? They haven't done this, all, they haven't won two all year. Right.
2: Right. And it was like, no one, no one was like, oh, my, they might finish four and zero and then miss it anyway because everyone else screws them over. But that's what happened. And, uh, you know, we talked about, well, I talked about this in the post game podcast. And so we don't have to get too much in the weeds here. But yes, everyone failed the Saints. And this game is quote unquote a meaningless. Whatever that means to you, it means to me. It is meaningless. Um, and it, it's the first time since week 17 of the 2018 season that they're playing a meaningless game that was also against the Panthers. And Kyle Allen started that game against Eddie Bridgewater. I think the Panthers won 33-17. Don't quote me. I'm just going from memory. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to we're gonna talk a bit about that. We're going to have Rob Brown from the Views from Mint Street podcast to kind of break down what's different about the Panthers and what to expect. And so he'll he'll be able to break down a good bit of that because I have no idea what these Panthers look like beyond a team that cannot stop Tom Brady from scoring 20 consecutive points in the fourth quarter of a must-win football game. And uh, they have that in common with the Saints, so they're not that different. We're also going to get into like what Saints team do we expect to be on the field. We got the first injury report today and I think that's going to be very telling as to, you know, the group that does not play. Um, so we're going to get into that in the second segment. But first, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what everyone's talking about and what was basically the only topic of conversation in the locker room today in Dennis Allen's press conference and Andy Dalton's press conference and you know while there were other questions asked this was the bulk of the time of every single interview is what's going on with DeMar Hamlin you know how everyone's reacting to this situation i think it's had a pretty profound effect on a lot of players around the NFL and i think what everyone's kind of echoed and what i i can understand completely is you know it's it's basically like a it's a mortality thing it's like this guy's heart stopped beating on the field, and whatever for whenever we find out what the exact cause of it was, you know that's kind of secondary to his status as a human being and and how he's doing. the The fortunate news is there has been positive progression in terms of his status. He's still in critical condition, but you know, like we, we talked to we talked to Lucas Crawl in the locker room today, and you know, they were teammates back at Pitt two years ago. So DeMar Hamlin, I think he's in the second year. They were teammates during the 2020 season. And now if you recall, that was the COVID season. And I think, you know, when you talk about players bonding, I think that season specifically where you're pretty much isolated from the world at large made it very difficult to get to know things outside of your own locker room. And so I think they got very close. Lucas Krull was telling us how, when he got to the Pitt campus, he kind of led him through the ropes and You know, he had tears in his eyes when he was talking about it. They said they had a group chat where a lot of the former pit players were talking to each other when it happened, and it's basically been blowing up ever since, where people are trying to share updates. And and you can understand why that would affect affect the players the way it did.
0: Yeah, with DeMar Hamlin, obviously that's on everyone's mind between the coaches, the players, uh, every team throughout the NFL, after seeing everything unfold, the way it did in front of you was definitely something that, you won't forget. It's an it's a, just an image that the guy was just getting up from the field and completely collapsed in front of you it was something that I even called my kiddo who was sleeping over a buddy's house to talk about to make sure, you know, just to see how he was doing after seeing something like that if he was watching football, which in fact he was. And it's definitely a traumatic thing to, for me as a kid. I I don't know about you, Jeff, but I I remember being in the classroom and seeing the space shuttle blow up. And the teacher literally turned the television off. And we ended up going home, you know, uh, eventually after that. I equate it to something like that. It was one of those moments that affected everybody in the same way. You, you all had the same – feet, everyone had the same feeling about this. Obviously, prayers and hopes are out for him, his family and all. And, you know, even uh, Andy Dalton today wasn't even asked about the matchup against a Panthers defense. It was all about how he felt in the whole situation that DeMar Hamlin was going through right now.
1: I think this has been something that I have personally been affected by, um, especially with it happening to a Bills player, the Bills fan base, and um, just a lot of people that support of Buffalo have donated to my foundation through a win. Now this is something completely different. This is a tragedy that something happened. And so one one way to show our support is we wanted to give back, I mean, in the way that we can. And I think the outpouring of support that not only he has received from people in the NFL, his family has received, it's just from, I mean, really the entire country. I mean, shows that this is so much bigger than the game of football and the impact that football can have on so many different communities, so many different lives. And so that's just a small thing that we can do during this time It's just to show our support that um, our prayers are with him and his family. And that's not one thing that we just say. Thoughts and prayers is a word and term that a lot of people use. But... The power of prayer is real, and I know one thing for my family, me, JJ, even my, my kids, we've been on our knees praying for his health and praying for him and his family, the Bills organization, everybody in Cincinnati, and so many people that were involved with this, this thing. And so the donation is small, but we're really thinking about it him and praying that he's going to push through with with everything
2: yeah so we're talking about there is demar hamlin's toy drive he does this every year the stated goal for this drive was twenty five hundred dollars um and you know within minutes of him going down on the field and you know the everything that happened and everyone becoming aware of it which did not take very long it was basically like like i wasn't even watching monday night football i was doing something else and then my you know i just was scrolling through twitter and it was like wow what is happening so i turned it on Um, And, you know, quickly became aware. But so I think people were looking for somehow to some way to show support for DeMar and they stumbled upon this toy drive. They started making donations, you know, within a couple hours, it was over a million dollars. The last update I see is it's over five and a half million dollars now for this toy drive that was looking for twenty five hundred dollars in donations which is really amazing. And so what Andy was talking about there is he was one of the first people to make a donation. And I think, you know, it was something like $3,000. And like Andy said, it's not a huge donation for a guy that makes millions of dollars, but it's still, it's, you know, it's the, this, the, the idea behind it. It's like, everyone is looking for a way to support and to, you know, make sure that they're, you know, doing what they can, which is, you know, nothing. That's the frustrating thing is, you look at it and there's nothing you can do. You just have to hope and pray. And, you know, one of the things that we talked to Paul Debo in the locker room today, and I think one of the things that it kind of struck me from what he was talking about is like, it's almost made worse by the fact that it, it wasn't a big hit. Like it wasn't like you watch football and these are gladiators and they're flying across the field. You've seen way harder hits than that. You've seen way more gruesome injuries than that. I remember watching Marcus Lattimore Blow his knee up on on just live television, and it was. Yeah, I remember Gordon Hayward snapping his ankle, and I was watching that game too. I had really bad luck. I saw Paul George when that happened. Kevin Ware in the NCAA tournament. Like these are gruesome injuries, but at the same time, you can you can understand why they happened, and you can see it. And it's like this one, and it was a big hit, but nothing crazy. And then all of a sudden, he just collapses on the field, and it makes like they're because you can't avoid that hit. Right. Like, it's not like you can say, well, I'm going to, you know, we can change how players hit each other and we can add more equipment and we can do all this and that it's just, you can kind of feel helpless. And I think that's what, you know, for these players and the idea behind it is, you know, it's like, these are people and they're these are not just pieces on a chessboard and they, you know, this is just an example of that. And that's why, you know, when you see skip Bayless tweeting out insensitive things because he can't help himself, you know that's why that's why people get worked up about that because like the the playoff picture doesn't matter when when a player is laying there on the field getting resuscitated. Um, no, I think
0: that's part of Skip's thing. He, he he longs to be like the king troll of all trolls. Yeah, he's.
2: I mean, it's just his his default setting.
0: But what um, but going back to what you said with the people making donations, that to me is one of the the obviously a huge positive in this whole scenario, but. Just overall, when things are down in in the United States in general, I feel like there's like this rally behind folks. As bad as things are and as as horrible as society, we want to criticize things. There's these really dark times where people seem to come through, which is kind of awe-inspiring and, and gives you hope that we are still heading in the right direction kind of thing, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, a, it's an example of you know, the internet being used for good instead of evil, which is so (laughs) rare to find, right? Like there's so many instances of the internet being used to hurt people, uh, you know, and it's kind of cool to see it happen in such a positive way, you know, and this money is not going to do anything to, to, to get them out of the hospital, but you know, it's, it is cool to see. And, you know, I think it's, it kind of just underscores like, you know, really no one was asked about this upcoming football game and because it doesn't feel important. I don't know if that might be different if this was a game to make the playoffs. I imagine it would be to some extent because there would be a lot more pressure around the coverage and just, you know, talk. You want to hear from players about this big matchup. Now, this game doesn't mean anything in terms of the standings. So asking any of these players about, you know, what do you think about Sam Darnold right now today just felt impertinent. Um, That'll change, I think tomorrow and friday you'll get more into the x's and o's and the and the and the minutiae of the game but today it just didn't feel like it mattered and i think everyone in the press corps kind of understood and and uh and appreciated that
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough scenario. You know, you mentioned seeing gruesome injuries before, but this was this was different because you didn't see anything any body part or something happening where you could see where the damage was done it was obviously something going on internally with with the player and the fact that you just saw him go limp and lifeless on the field we know that cpr was needed so it it was a pretty extreme condition and no nobody nobody wants to see anyone get hurt
2: much less die on the football field yeah and um you kind of don't even know what to say it's just yeah you kind of just have to hope but yeah we can we can we can move on from this now I did but I did think it was important that we talk about it because like I said it's the only thing that got brought up in the locker room today and so you know all these players are you know what, what you what you kind of appreciate in terms of like obviously I never played football in the nfl i don't know what it's like to be in that kind of fraternity if you will but i think it's exactly pretty striking that like basically everyone's reaction is the same right it's not like it's not like there are some people who are saying one thing and some people saying the other thing everyone is being affected by this in their own way but in 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 a very very similar ways um and it's like yeah this is a dangerous sport and you can see that um You know, like it's not the most dangerous profession in the world, right? But it's just people who are going out there knowing that there could be you could take a hit at any point that that can change your life. And the team brought in, you know, they talked about it. They brought in, um, you know, counselors and I believe like a sports psychologist and people to kind of explain and go through some of the some of the tools that they have at their disposal if they do need to talk about things because it's traumatizing. It's trauma at the end of the day, and so hopefully. Hopefully everyone on the team is doing okay with it. It sounds like they're processing it as well as you can. That's kind of what I gathered from Lucas Krull, is It's just like just doing what you can and 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 making sure that you're sending out the right vibes and and going from there. But yeah, that's basically what it was today. And obviously not the time to talk about it, but there is still
0: a game to be played maybe. Yep. I mean, it does have playoff implications. So, it oh, you mean important. the you
2: mean the Bills and the Bengals?
0: Yeah, the Bills and the Bengals game. It's like it's really curious what's going to happen there, and and by no means do I think they should be rushing to a decision either. I think they they've made the smart move. Actually, the NFL and the way they've approached this right now
2: yeah, it took a little longer than than most people would have would have hoped, and I don't I don't think the NFL has handled it particularly well on their own end. Where like you know just just say hey, it was an unprecedented situation and you know we we you know we just didn't know what to do for a period of time and we got the decision right in for the sure. end instead they're like we never said 5 minutes and it's it's getting awkward but either way yeah i mean they made the right call by sending these teams out of the stadium i mean i don't know if the bills are going to be ready to play this weekend right like that's another question i think you have to because you know like like i understand why the nfl was motivated to try to get this game played Yeah, because it is going to complicate things greatly going forward, and so like, but I think obviously you had to do what they did in the end. But it could not play that game. How how you solve this situation going forward, as it as it pertains to the to the playoff schedule? I don't know, right? And it's a question that. You weren't going to answer that night, and you needed to just make sure that everyone did the right thing by the players. But I, I have no idea how you're going to reconcile this. I don't know if you're going to add a week. I don't know if you're just going to say, hey, that game didn't matter because it's going to affect other teams if they don't play that game. You know, I think the Ravens are, are kind of in limbo because of this. So, I mean, we're going to find out. They're not going to play it this week. And there's only one more week of football before, you know, you're supposed to start the playoffs. And both of these teams are in the playoffs guaranteed. It's really just for seating, so we're gonna to have to see. But either way, the Saints are gonna play a football game this weekend, and their schedule will wrap up. And so, we're just gonna to have to see what happens from the exterior of the playoff picture, anyway. And obviously, too, what's crazy is it affects
0: so many other aspects surrounding football. When you even look, like, I don't, I don't know what happens if you place the bet on that game. I'm assuming you get your
2: money back. You no know, action bets. Okay. Like they, were, they avoided, they, you know, at least Caesars voided all the bets, which is the right thing to do. And then we um, kind
0: of joked a little about it, but not really joking. Like, how does this affect fantasy
2: football championships? Well, that's very confusing. You know, I, I'm in one league that I won with Joe Burrow is my quarterback, but I won before that. Like I had already gotten enough points to win and he had nobody left. And I had Joe Burrow and uh, a defensive player, but we don't have to figure out what to do in that scenario. Yeah. But I'm in another league where they're openly debating what to do. So that's happening everywhere, right? One team in every league had Joe Burrow as their quarterback, and one team in every league had Josh Allen as their quarterback. And if you had those guys as your quarterback, you probably had a good season. So there's a lot of teams who were in their playoff matchup, their championship matchup, and now they don't have the quarterback that they definitely started. So like, there's a lot of fantasy leagues out there trying to figure it out, and it is insensitive to even bring it up.
0: I don't know if it's insensitive, but it is a, a, a something a, a fallout from this whole incident.
2: Well, there, there's money involved, right? So exactly. you have to figure out a way to reconcile it in a fair way. Like if it was a if it's a free league, just say who cares? It doesn't matter, right? But exactly. in, in paid leagues, someone has to get the money, and it, it becomes really awkward. And how do you you know how do you figure that out? I, I don't know. I think the only solution is whoever was in the lead. You split it at that point wins, you know, and, and it's unfortunate, but you kind of have to treat it like any other injury. I was going to say, if you're in the championship game, you end up splitting the pot with somebody kind of thing. I think in a lot of instances, and I'm just going through this to kind of like, as a thought process thing. Yeah. You know, I think if what, what you should try to do in cases where the, if the matchup was close enough that it, you couldn't say higher low, who would have won, right? Like mine, I know for sure. I would have won. So it doesn't matter if it's like a debate, like if it was within five points and you had Jamar chase and he had Joe Mixon, or whatever, something like that. I would yeah. say that if the two teams just say, Hey, whatever the winnings are for first place, split it down the middle and we're going to walk away. Um, Cause that's, that's the reasonable thing to do, but it's, it's just, yeah, it, it kind of, it is kind of crazy just when you kind of see the, the impact of this one, one hit that, that it can have the ripple effects that it can have. Um, and it shows you the power of the game, I think.
0: Yeah. And, and like you said, we're, I'm not trying to be insensitive about any, anything.
2: It's just, no, well, it, it's something that I'm sure people who listen to this podcast, at least are, one person listening to this podcast is in a fantasy league that is trying to figure out what to do. Right. Right. Uh,
0: and, and it's, it just, it's a fallout of, it's a whole trickle down effect yeah. of, it. Uh, you know, of what's going to happen now. And it just, like I said, too, it just affects so many people on a human scale more than anything. Um, I know, I, I, like I said, I I, t- I called my kiddo right away just because in case he was watching the game, which he was, and he plays football, just yep. to talk to him about it. Uh, and, yeah, some some things are bigger than the game, and this was definitely one of them. Um, I think we, we, we said it a bunch, but m- many prayers going out, and hopefully we, we end up seeing – Him on the football field again one day,
2: kind of deal. (laughs) Yeah, I hope we, I hope, I definitely hope we see him again. Um, All right, we're not breaking any new ground here. So let's wrap that segment up. Right. This is Inside Black and Gold. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about okay, so there is a game this weekend. Who's going to play in it? I think that's a big question that. We really can't answer right now, but we did get the first injury report today, and I think it's pretty telling as to how they're going to approach this. So we're going to get into that, and then to close out the show, we're going to bring in Rob Brown, host of the Views from Mint Street podcast, to break down you know what's new with the Panthers, what to expect, that sort of thing, why the Panthers are actively trying to ruin the Saints' day, that sort of thing. Stick around on Inside Black.